Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach and you're listening to Green Juice and Tequila. Green Juice and Tequila represents the earthy, organic, natural vibes colliding with raw, imperfect, and unfiltered stories. Some of us can have it all together, y'all. Eating the latest health nut craze, drink our green juice, meditate every morning. But we also have a side that's vulnerable, real, and sometimes stressed. Life throws you curveballs, y'all, and that's okay. You can be both, green juice and tequila. Well, hello, y'all. I am super excited for this episode this evening to chit-chat with you guys about a topic point that I think women truly, really want but at the same time, they hide it. They're very, very secretive about it. So we are going to chit-chat about this topic with one of my favorite girlfriends in the whole planet. And she's also, not only is she like one of my favorite people, she is Austin's top and talented nurse injector. And with us tonight is my favorite, Gina Jones. Hello, hello. Yay! So... The big topic point we are going to shed some light on is boobs. And Botox. And Botox. (laughs) I feel like this is a topic point that women, I think when you're in your circle of women, we tend to talk about and exchange stories. Oh, yeah. We throw up, we throw it out and throw it up. (laughs) Yeah, we throw it up and throw it out. Or when, like, I think when you're you're in that circle of friends that we can sit there and talk about, like, you know, the, the dark secrets and little spiders in our closet that we don't want to share with our husbands. Or if you're like a public figure or someone who tends to come out to be like this green hippy dippy natural girl who doesn't want to be perceived as fake and can be natural up until they're like 60 years old, which is totally not going to ever happen. But, um, so yeah, I'm excited to dive in with this, this with you. This is going to be fun. We were <laughs> chit-chatting before we did this podcast about some pretty serious <laughs> women parts. So Just how we do it. It might end up sprinkling into this episode. <laughs> um, okay, Gina. So before we get started and dive into all the like tequila mm. version of today's topic, this is totally going to be a te- tequila topic. Yeah, so this is not going to be a juice. juice. No. 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 Which we oh, do. Oh, we can get a juicy. Though. We can make it a juicy tequila topic. Um, but but before we even get going, I want to kind of introduce <clears throat> you to the listeners, people who maybe don't know you. Which I know in my our circle of friends, we everyone share. knows everyone who you shares are. me. And we, I share you with everybody. You're um, my so, biggest pimp. <laughs> so why don't you just share your your bio and your story like what got you into being a nurse injector and like what were the steps getting you into that industry and why you love it so much so about me um I started in plastic surgery I guess in 04 with the plastic surgeon that I worked with for about 10 years um I had a private practice and I did get my training um allergan allergan sorry certified training um on my injectables, and that's kind of where that led. But so with, you were in plastics for like ten years, yeah. though, right? Prior to yes. going into nurse injectables, yes. but I was doing it there. I was the sole injector there okay. for several years. But yeah, it it started. With, I bet you have some really funny and crazy stories about. Oh yeah, 
boobs. I've seen everything. And boats. I know. That's why I love talking to you about all this stuff. <laughs> anytime I have curiosity about like anything aesthetic, anything aesthetic I'm like, <laughs> you need to talk to Gina. Or yeah. I need to talk to Gina before I make any decisions <laughs> so I make the right yeah. choice. So, okay. So you were in plastics for 10 years. 10 years. And then you've recently switched over, not recently, but in the last in f- 15 years, yes, you've been doing nurse injectables and you're with <clears throat> a really amazing med spa now in Austin. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Do we name it? You can okay. if you want to. Body Tonic. <laughs> Shout out to Body Tonic. We love Body Tonic. <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, we I switched over in 2014 and is up to current, um, just purely doing injectables. Um, What's like your main part of the body that you love to really like work on? That's like your statement piece when you definitely the lips. Oh my gosh, love seriously, lips. Your lips are so freaking natural looking and gorgeous. You do such a good job. I Thank will you. have to say that's one of your huge recognitions yeah. is your lips. I think Although, I'm more sought out for that. Even, you know, Instagram probably is my lips. Well, and, I mean, you do a, a phenomenal job on everything else. Thank like, you. I mean, I've used you for TMJ purposes, <clears throat> which mm-hmm. I had no clue that if you struggle with TMJ, which I will tell you guys, I tried everything natural as everything under the sun you could think of to get rid of my TMJ. And it was like not kicking it. And it wasn't until finally I went and saw you that you're mm-hmm. like, girl, let me well, let's let relax me ha- that chewing what? muscle a little oh bit. Oh my gosh. That master muscle mm-hmm. was like hard as a rock. So it, we can, yeah, we treat the masseter for that purpose, but also for aesthetic because it slims the face because it, you know, kind of atrophies the muscle a bit. Yeah. So there can be dual purposes yeah. for it, but Definitely, it's a game changer if you suffer from pain with TMJ. It literally changed my life. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Because I've been doing that now for like two years. At least two years. And it has, oh, I could sleep better. I didn't realize how much first pain. First time we did it, you, she I, thought she had an ear tumor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, I think I have ear cancer. Something's yes. wrong with me. You're like, no, it's this muscle. Yeah. Once Let's you calm it down. Oh my gosh. Once you relax the muscle, it like seriously took the TMJ away. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And I looked fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. My face looked great too. Um, so <coughs> I think, you know, it was interesting. We went on a yoga treat. You and I went together. Remember we did a Medina. Mm-hmm. We were all like sitting there chit chatting around dinner one night. And of course, Botox came into topic, yes. but I remember, I've never heard this story before when you were kind of explaining like the history of Botox. Oh yeah. People don't realize how long it's been in use, you know? Um, and like, it was, you know, for therapeutic use, mm-hmm. Initially, um, oh, so let's just go on the history of that. Yeah, that I, a- I know. I want to hear. I think people are interested in hearing. <laughs> yeah. I was psyched when I heard about it, like why Botox was originally created. Right. So Dr. Carruthers in Canada in 1977. So Botox has been around for as long as I've been around, literally. So crazy. <laughs> so if you're mathematicians, you can figure out that age. <laughs> but uh, no, 42 years it has been in use. Dr. Carruthers was treating uh, muscle spasms around the eyes. And then lo and behold, found that the wrinkles disappeared. So crazy. So, you know, cha-ching, that's when it came to, you know, to our senses that it could be for aesthetic uses. And, you know, wherever there's a muscle flexion that's causing a wrinkle, if you stop it, it can stop that wrinkle from forming permanently, which is a static line. What are like some of the like more medical purposes of using Botox? Like I remember you said you've helped people with like headaches and migraines, TMJ, um, hyperhidrosis, you know, in the axillary armpits, Mm -hmm. even hands. You can do hands. 
Um, those are probably the main ones. Um, definitely, I'm sure there's some other, uh, you know, more in the hospital setting that may that they may be exploring with it. I know there's some things with people who have digestive issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, who can't digest. I've heard of this. Who can't digest properly. That sometimes relaxing that muscle can sometimes help. You know, then process their food. This is yeah, a real thing. So. That's crazy. I haven't even. I've heard never of done it. that, but yeah. yeah. Where would you inject that into? You? I like, don't, I mean, um, it's in the stomach, apparently. But you know, our muscles, st- our sorry, our stomach is a muscle. Yeah, that you is, know, and, and the movement of the muscle. You well, know, that makes sense. Of your stomach for digestion, and so if you're not able to, um, you know, process your food with muscle mm-hmm. movement properly. You yeah. know, some people just have issues with this, you know, hyperactive stomach or, um, I mean, I, I don't know what the true diagnosis is yeah. called, but yeah, definitely you can use it for that. You um, also talked about like spider veins too, <clears throat> like injecting, not Botox, but injecting like... Polydactyl, which is uh, reconstituted with some bacteriostatic water. It basically flushes out, you know, the spider veins, the, you know, the lining, I guess, of the... I guess you want to call it like a clotted yeah. vessel, basically. So, so it's basically little... like Drano for your vessels. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it so cleans it out. Seriously, I think as we women start to age, I know like just being on my feet all day, seeing mm-hmm. those spider vine, veins in my feet and ankles, that's yes. super interesting. So, okay, what do you find is the main reason <clears throat> women come in for Botox? Usually it's because they're already seeing the creases starting to form in their skin, mm-hmm. which that can be all genetic too on when that starts. I've had, you know, girls in their, honestly, early 20s, mid-20s already have static, you know, lines in their forehead, and that's just from over-movement of their brows. Yeah. And so depending on your skin quality or, your, you know, your, your background or how much oil you lack in the skin depends how that can be easily permanently yeah. Long term, I guess, because that constant muscle movement. So, <clears throat> so what do you feel like the main age group that you see as clients coming in? Honestly, the probably the first, the first time. My first timers are usually in between. Honestly, anywhere from twenty five to twenty seven to thirty three. Okay, interesting. And but I've seen you know early twenties, mid twenties, you know early thirties having static lines, which you know we can all make a dynamic line when we move our face. You know, we can make a fold. And then as we age, and really technically 30, we start to lose that teaspoon of collagen a year. And so when we use that, when we lose that teaspoon of collagen a year, our, also our hydration in our skin and our elastin in our skin and um, all starts to diminish, that flex, that constant flexion can leave an imprint, mm-hmm. you know, long term. The loss of collagen freaks mm. me out. Freaks I think you told out. me one time, you're like, as we start to age. <laughs> a teaspoon a year. A teaspoon you can actually year. take your age... How old are you? I don't tell my age. <laughs> I already told me mine. <laughs> okay, I'm 42, so technically at the age 30, I've theoretically have lost about 12 teaspoons. So that's when we get like that baby face oh, when we're in our mm, 20s and 30s and 40s start to like thin out. And you're yes. like, damn, I look kind of good in my 30s. Yeah. I don't have that like baby fat in I me. like 30s because that's a big moon head or a moon face. Yeah. And then, yeah, you start to get a little bit of your curvature and your oh. structure. Oh my God. That starts to, because we are losing fat padding. It's not a bad thing. It's not, know, there's like, you just want it to stop. It's like, yes, okay, you want to get to I, a point where you're like, okay, this looks great. I got cheekbones. I got yeah. a little bit of contour in my face. I'm not so round. Mm-hmm. But then we just need it to stop. 
So that's when I come in. That's when I come in. You're like, I will fix your face. We can just kind of freaking awesome. Yeah, I keep you steady. So, so we can age gracefully. Okay, so since we're talking about the aging process, I'm sure you get a ton of clients that come in and say, okay, this is my first time or this is my month time and I don't want to talk about it here. I don't want anybody to know that I'm here or I can't tell my husband or nobody knows I get this. I want this Mm -hmm. to look natural. Like what is the main reason or excuse or story that your clients come in and tell you pertaining to Mm. the hiding portion of this? That's a good, that's a good topic because this is so common. I always say probably, you know, seven or eight, women out of 10 women yeah. are hiding it from a partner or yeah. their spouse or something. Like, why do we think we do this to ourselves? Like, well, do you I think, think like I, women are just I like... I hear women all the time. They're always like, it's none of his business. What I, you know, yeah. this is my personal upkeep. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't need to know his personal upkeep. This is for me. Yeah. I do this, you know? And I think those are the women that they just don't even want to deal with it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear the negative feedback that their spouse or partner might say. So they just, that's one thing. Um, then there's financial Oh, you yeah. know, there's a lot of women who, you know, especially like stay-at-home moms, yeah. they don't make an income, you right. know, sometimes they get an allowance, but this is something that they can't bring up to their spouse that yeah. this is, you know. Oh, of course. Some extra money that's going to be so that's going towards a- their beauty purposes, yeah. you know, that they'll agree with because, of course, every man's saying, is, oh, you look so perfect, you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need it. But half of the women, it's so funny because they've been doing it for years, their husbands never knew or mm-hmm. know. And they just think they're just, you know, aging gracefully. Well, and so my thing, and I've talked about this with friends and even with you too, but it's just like, I just feel like there's such a line of judgment when it comes to the aging process. And I don't know why women think that we have to hide how we protect our features or doing things that make us feel more confident as Mm -hmm. we age. Like, I mean, I definitely have been in that box before years and years ago, before I started doing anything where I was like, oh my gosh, that's so toxic and not natural. Mm -hmm. And I'm this yoga teacher and really holistic, natural person. I'm never going to do any of that kind of thing Mm -hmm. at all. And I think that that's That's, a story that a lot of, yeah, a lot of women tell Mm -hmm. that story or getting the compliment which you and I've giggled about this uh-huh. at parties when people come up, they're like, oh, you look 25. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God, this is the best thing ever. But you like want to preserve that natural aging and look mm-hmm. and play it off as like, oh, I just use organic, free yes. range, vegan. I use coconut na- oil. I, use, I just rub <laughs> coconut oil. That's how I stay so beautiful. Yeah. I just like, I want to encourage women, especially during some of these podcasts and these episodes, is that we, I don't feel like we need to like put on this facade of hiding. Like we should unite with one mm-hmm. another and encourage one another. And you know what? If I freaking want to do this to make myself feel better, then I'm going to do it. Own, to each his own. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing is, Judgment, no matter what, usually just comes from that person's insecurities. Not that's literally what it comes down to. I'm talking about in any kind of judgment. Yeah, I agree. If with someone you. wants to be judgy or judgmental about somebody, it's usually a reflection of themselves or something that's going on with yes. them. You know, so <clears throat> when women look at other women and they're they're being kind of snotty and like, oh, she just looks that great because she you know does Botox or fillers or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's just kind of rude, but you know, and if it, sometimes that comes off because they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Whatever the reasons I said before, you know, sometimes it's financial, right. you know, a spouse that wouldn't support it right. or a partner that won't support it. So those are the people sometimes are like, oh, I would never do that. Or, you know, that's just so silly to spend that much money or, you know, just they're the ones kind of putting it on that. But I guarantee you deep down, there's some curiosity about it. Of course. And, and they're it, curious about it. Yes. And if, if they could get by with it, whether it be the financial or support and, and that those being the elements yeah. to where they could, then absolutely I think they would. Yeah. I think that lies somewhere in everybody because everybody wants to everybody wants to look good. Oh my gosh. It's and so I think true. and it, you know, it's not about the whole vanity thing. It's like when you feel good the way you look, especially if you're really fit and you take care of yourself and you're healthy, I always tell people you, you want to match. It's yeah. like you have this rock and bod in this space that's, you know, aging mm-hmm. when you can kind of preserve a little bit of that. Just it all comes as a package, how you feel about yourself and you're yeah. feeling great, you know, you're you're healthy, you're fit, you know. And I and I will say most women are not coming in. My, you know, women are coming in their forties or fifties or sixties or whatever. They're not trying to look like they're twenty. No. They just want to look good for their age. Yeah. Which I love looks that. natural, refreshed, rejuvenated. Not trying to take them back to when they're 22. Nobody wants that. No. I mean, most people don't want that. Well, and I feel like that's what your gift and expertise is in, is like you do a really, really great job making your clients look natural and unnoticeable Mm -hmm. that there was anything that was even done to them. And I feel like since aesthetics has evolved so, so much, I mean, I've been injecting since 08, and even in 08, I mean, just to what we have you know, accessible to us now as far as the fillers to address things properly. Yeah. We didn't have, right. you know, even when I started. Um, and I have, and I tell people this because, you know, when people come in and I say something about cheeks, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want cheeks. But cheeks is what causes a lot of the deterioration that happens on a lower por- portion of the face mm-hmm. and around our mouth, all the mm-hmm. sagging, how our face changes, those lateral cheeks, temples, and mid cheeks causes everything. And before the longest time, we didn't have anything to address that. We didn't mm-hmm. have the right, you know, Europe and everything has. They're, they're about 10, 12 years ahead of us. But us in the United States, mm-hmm. because our FDA is so astringent, we, we get things last. But it took a long time to get some a filler for the cheeks to, to address the issue and not right. just the symptoms. And so for the longest time, this is where I'm going with this, is mm-hmm. when you see that bad shit out there, because yeah. everybody sees bad shit. <laughs> like, like share. It's, it's because, I, you know, and I will say this, it's typically, you know, the 40s and up who yeah. started this really early. Mm. Sadly, they were in a time, it just wasn't good. Yeah. Like the techniques just weren't there, the products weren't there, and it's evolved now. And even when I was trained in 08, you know, someone talked about nasal labial, those are the lines around the nose, mm-hmm. your smile lines, essentially. You know, those are bother me. Those are, those are really dark and deep. Well, I feel it. Yeah. And that was, we were filling lines back then. Okay. We see a line, we fill it. But we weren't actually addressing the causes, which you start to look kind of monkeyish and masked. And we've seen oh that look gosh. around yes, the mouth I know area. Exactly what you're and it's talking because about. they were injected over and over in those same places. And then, you know, move forward 15, 20 years, they already look like that. And now they're getting, oh, yeah, I can't get my cheeks and everything also corrected. And then they kind of just look like a little hot mess. Yeah. And that's, those are the ones, sadly, it's those ones that started really early, just. Is there hope for those people that can they come in and get that stuff out of them? Well, you can definitely, you can dissolve just depending how, you know, like if someone has a botched job, botched lips, botched, it depends on the material use, you know, 
you know, sometimes back in the day, you could get silicone put in the lips. That's not dissolvable. You can't remove that. So, oh, no. or silicone in their cheeks oh, or chin no. or something. And so, so, no, 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 scary. you can't do that. Um, and even people who've been doing, you know, fillers for a long time, even when the filler dissipates, you still have that scar tissue, mm-hmm. or, which is essentially it's your collagen. People don't realize scar tissue and collagen is the same thing. But when anything foreign goes in the body, your body heals it in mm-hmm. with scar tissue, which is actually collagen. So that takes longer to kind of dissipate, and it's kind of there with you for a while. So if you get injected in a certain area, and let's just say lips, for instance. Okay. I always tell my clients, if they've been injected even one time, their lips are never quite the same. They can go four years later. It is still an essence of fullness there. And they're always like, oh, it just won't go away. You know, my lips ever since it just never, and it's not, I'm like, oh honey, that's not product at this point. This is you. Yeah. Um, and so we also scar how things are placed in us. And so that's where you can't get away from. And I, and I run into that with people who've been doing their lips for quite some time and, you know, it could be even a year or two since they've had filler, but they've been doing it for like six or eight years, you know, I'm battling with scar tissue. And if it was in bad placement or in bad form, the way it was injected initially, I'm kind of up against that infrastructure and that foundation. Well, Um, I mean, I've seen your work and seeing before and afters on your Instagram, which we'll share your handle at the end of the episode. But I just like, you've just done a good job. I know you was talking about like making sure the lips like curled up. It looks natural. It's not like the duck lips mm -hmm. that you really see a lot or which, yes. And that's technique. And I always tell people to too. This is a big thing because people, I don't care if they're talking about Botox and we're, we're, we're talking about Botox, but there's also definitely other neuromodulators, yeah. which we can, I don't know if we want to just yeah. be strict with the Botox. Mm-hmm. We do it all, but um, the neuromodulators, let's just say that this is okay. stuff that stops the muscle movement. Um, when people look at someone like, oh, it's just so bad. A lot of times that has nothing to do with how much is in, even in someone's face. It's how it was placed in there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, a, it's like you literally are an artist. You have to be able to you, shape and sculpt someone's face that, and with also, those products. Yeah. And then when it comes to muscle, everybody's muscles are different. People's brows are different. And to give a natural, you know, look, it's, it's placement. Yeah. Holy. I mean, it's tr- truly, it's the placement. And then the lips is the biggest thing. It's bad placement. When you see those duck lips or the Marge Simpson oh my profile, Marge it Simpson. does, where it looks You're humped s- over. It's so humped over. It's so humped over. <laughs> it looks like they stuck their lips in like a vacuum cleaner thing. Yeah. It's just sunk it out and it's all like rounded yes. and edged over. And that can be just bad technique, being yeah. in, a, in a bad plane, a deep plane, um, and not really moving the lips. And when we talk about my lips, the way I was trained, and I actually was trained by a Canadian who, mm-hmm. again, like I said, Canada and Europe are you know, 10 to 12 years ahead of us. So yeah. their techniques and everything are um, just well advanced. So I was lucky to get the proper training on lips properly because... Like years ago, you've been doing it this technique since, for a long time. I mean, really, for a long time, since 08. And you know, I'm just going to trainings in the last two years, and they're just now training it. And I, you know, I'm sure like certain demographics, you know, California, Florida, New York, who's really up on the injectables and aesthetic world, Mm -hmm. they're already advanced. I mean, Texas is a little bit slow, but I didn't know we're that slow. But the technique holds form. It's the best, you know, way to do it. And lips are just getting better and better looking nowadays. Again, it's just evolution of techniques. Do you feel like the... the Kylie Jenner whole movement the last like two years, I'm totally bringing this up because mm-hmm. like, I feel like a lot of like young millennials now are coming and they're like, I want Kylie lips. Like they, I want the big, mm-hmm. but a lot of that too, I feel like it's makeup and they're not realizing of, that. It's so. makeup. I mean, it can be makeup. I mean, 
the makeup artists like amaze me because I have a lot of makeup artists that come to me and I'll see a picture on their Instagram and just the way they've done their their lipstick they have sculpted cheekbones they have oh, I'm like crazy. you don't need me and then yeah. I see them they don't have that they're just really crafty with their makeup so yeah. that could be some of it but no Kylie went big with her lips yes. I, and you know and it actually and I have to stress this it took a year for her to get that that wasn't instant you know it was a year of that and you know and as big as she was and I do have this this conversation with a lot of people as big as she went may not be for all the form was there and it was actually a tasteful lip just maybe too full for some right but it was her that literally just triggered this whole movement and you know these little millennials they want the big the big pout you the know big, have you seen like an increase in your business oh gosh since lips that? lips yeah and there's always a trend of something lips you know jaw lines are the big trend right now everyone wants this like sharp ass <laughs> <laughs> you know l jawline <laughs> that they see, you know, and sometimes even that, you know, is when you see on Instagram and pictures, people are just have really enhanced and contoured well to give that look. But some people are really, you know, going getting inject, you know, injections for it too, yeah. and really sharpening that jawline. But that's the big thing right now is jawlines. I just feel noses like to, are coming into I know, play. I've seen you do a couple noses. Too. Noses are fun. Yeah, that's good stuff. I just feel like people need to make sure they're going to the right person and they're oh, in the right yeah. hands. But I mean, most importantly, like when it comes to all this whole thing, I just think, ladies, you just, sometimes you just have to do what makes you feel good and confident and life's too freaking short. Who cares? And at this point, it's like, exactly. Who cares? I felt like I read this quote the other day on Instagram, which, you know, it's like quote central on Mm -hmm. there right now. I feel like that's trending on all of my Mm -hmm. friends' accounts. But the one thing they're like, there is no reason you need to try to work to please someone else's dreams or someone else's viewpoints. Like, and honestly, whatever they're judging you on has nothing to do with you has everything to do with them. Like what you said before, it's their own insecurities. Mm -hmm. And I will say it's not as taboo. Like when I, when I started in 08, I really, even the Botox thing or neuromodulators in general, that people were like, didn't talk about it. No. They didn't talk about what they got. It was a hush-hush thing. But now it's almost, depending on the circle, you know, of friends or, you know, um, company that you're at, when the topic of Botox comes up or any kind of inject- injectables, when people haven't done it, sometimes it's almost like a surprise to the people they're like, around them. They're like, what, you haven't tried it? Like, why haven't you? It's the yeah. best stuff. It'll change your life, you know? <laughs> you're like, like <laughs> you always tell your virgin Botoxers, you're like, I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to ruin you. You do this one time, you're going to keep coming back. You keep coming back. And the thing is, I always tell people, you're going to love it when it kicks in and you actually see those results. But I swear you love it more once your face goes back to baseline and then you remember, oh gosh, that's why I got it. Yeah. You know, and it's not even just addressing, you know, just the wrinkles or preventing wrinkles, but also you get a lot of lift aspect out of it. It makes you look refreshed. And some people just need help with that. We have heavy lids. I'm like that. I have heavy lids and um, I have to do it just, just so I can get that lift. So I look like I'm a little bit more awake. And, you know, and that to me, and let's get into this topic, we should, Ooh. you know, since I come from plastic surgery, injectables versus, you know, plastic surgery, which I, I have a lot of conversations with um, a lot of my clients who come in because a lot of people coming in for injectables, and we're just going to say injectables to be broad, and we're, we're talking about, you know, the neuromodulators, Botox, Dysport, and those things, and dermal fillers, but um, is to stave off surgery. Yeah, you know, it's, true. it's like I I have women all the time, like especially when they get in their you know mid late fifties, 
who are like, oh, I just feel like I need, I have a lot of lax skin. I'm just sagging. You know, I have a lot of volume loss, but I'm not, I'm not ever going to surgery. It's just not ever going to happen, which some people, you know, just personally, they just don't want to go under the knife. So this is such a good, good thing you can do to prevent that. And if you start at an earlier age, you know, you got to be careful how early you start, because definitely I see girls, these millennials who have done so much in their face already, you know, before the age of 25 or, you know, before the age of 30, when they didn't really need to do a whole lot of things. And all of a sudden it gets a little messy and they actually have aged themselves. Oh my they gosh. Almost, I was going to just bring that up. I was like, I feel like some of these young people look older than look when they way are way older. I'm like, yeah thinking they're like 35 yeah. or and you're like, 40 and they're like, no, I'm 24. Yeah, I'm I like, get it all the time. Oh my gosh. You know, and I see it all the time where like you can see someone you're like, oh, she looks really good, you know, for someone in their 40s or, you know, and, and I'm not saying 40s is old. No, I mean, I'm in yeah. my 40s. I'm just yeah. saying there's definitely a distinguished between a 20 and 40 year old. And, you know, where I'm like, oh God, she looks good for maybe someone in her 40s. And then I come to find out she's like 27. And it's like, that's not a compliment. No. <laughs> that's not a compliment at that point when you're like good, you look good yeah. for someone, like someone in the 40s, man, she's doing pretty good. No, yeah. that should not be the case. You're 27, See, honey. And I feel like like part of that, probably those young 20 millennials or even like young 30s, like you're just having to, you're playing like, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. You're trying to like. Well, you get s- lost and there's that whole dysmorphia. I mean, I see it constantly and you get used to things. So I always have to tell people, you know, I will keep you in perspective. Like someone has to keep you in perspective. And sometimes a lot of the bad stuff you see out there is somebody just didn't keep it in perspective for them. And I, I don't just go along with what my clients are always wanting. I'm going to go along with, I feel like they need, you know, and if they don't, you know, listen to my recommendations or what I suggest, then we're probably not a good fit, you know, but I feel like for the most part, most of my clients are listen. They trust me and they listen and they want kind of have the same goals. We want to look natural. We don't want to look done. We don't want to look like there's anything in our face. And I always say good. The best work is when you can't tell there's anything in your face except for the personal improvements that you were trying to gain, you know, the tautness or the lift at the jawline or the heaviness at the bottom, you know, at the face, those type of things, you know, Exactly. When you can actually appreciate those, but not know there's anything yes. underlying they're helping that's, that. Uh, that's what I feel like you're known for is this natural little like fresh look that all these women come out of. Um, so switching gears from Botox now uh-huh. to boobs. To boobs. To boobs. Mm-hmm. This I feel like is such an intimate personal thing with people. And ladies, I'm not saying that after this episode that you guys need to shout out on the top of the rooftops and the mountaintops and be like, I got, I got Botox and boobs, people. <laughs> I'm like, if you make that decision that that's something you want to keep to yourself or whatever, I just feel like personally, when you start to share your story with people, especially those who tend to be looked up to for whatever reason, whether they're 50 and they look freaking amazing or they're in the industry of like health and wellness, which that is super shunned in. But I think that if like the more and more we share our stories and our vulnerabilities and these things that we may have chosen to go into that has turned around and made us feel better, I feel like that's more important than being natural your whole life. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe you that's what you want to do and that's totally fine. But the boobs thing, I feel like is a kind of a hot topic. I have a lot of friends on my social media channels that have recently like take their implants mm-hmm. out or, you know, that they're kind of like 
discouraging or hating against certain people that have implants, which, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody. And I just really try hard to just be open-minded and positive on whatever choice or route people take. But, um, yeah, I just want to kind of hear like your perspective of boobs, boobs (laughs) and implants. Boobs. Boobs. Well, and this is good coming from plastics, but, um, I mean, there's various reasons why women decide this choice and, to each his own, again, like, I don't know why anybody would have any judgment on what someone personally does to their own body. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. if it serves them for whatever was bothering them and it makes them feel better or helps their self-esteem, so be it. But I don't care. Age, gravity, you know, pregnancy, there, you know, an influx of weight gain or weight loss, it affects a lot of women's Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> Boobs. And, you know, and um, especially breastfeeding. That's the That was probably one of the oh biggest. Coming. I mean, you atrophy your tissue and they can all I of a sudden ju- look like pancakes laying on I your chest. Can I just tell you, because you guys, I totally have fake boobs, which you were totally there for my whole experience, which I'm mm. grateful for. But my boobs literally look, I had breastfed two kids almost two years each. That's a total of four years of someone mm-hmm. sucking on my tits. Yep. And let me just tell you, I just want you guys to all close your eyes for a second. <laughs> I want you to visualize something. I want you to visualize hot, saggy <laughs> ball sacks. Yes. I want you to imagine saw, okay, ball sacks. And I saw her breast prior. They weren't ball sacks. No, but listen, yes. ball sacks. And now I want you to um, close your eyes. I want you to imagine, <laughs> take the ball out of the sack and pop a nipple on it. That was that those was, were my boobs. That was Mel's breast. Those were my boobs. <laughs> and my girlfriends who are close to me know what I used to do to show you guys what my tits looked like uh-huh. before. It was pretty bad, but it was to the point, you guys, where like I work so hard on my body. Like I work Again, out, I eat really you well. Need something to, you need to match. Well, it was like affecting even like my sex mm-hmm. life. Like I didn't feel sexy, yes. so I didn't like want to do anything. Totally. I mean, that affects everything. Yeah. It affects your intimacy, your relationship. I didn't it's even like your self esteem. Yeah. Why? The, so this is a hundred percent why it's yes. like. Let people do whatever they need to do to help themselves. Yes. Which that's one of them is boobs. And, yeah. you know, we feel more womanly and sexy when we have them. And I or mean, if we never had them, like, right. God, we want them because oh, we sure. just want to feel that There's way. There's different reasons and purposes and stories of why we make that choice. That's why I just think, like, if someone is standing on a pedestal and or a soapbox, rather, and saying, like, this is not right. You should take these out. You have no... I'm like, you guys don't know everyone's stories mm-hmm. of why. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, I got mine in. They're super small. They're super not even noticeable. So it has completely changed my entire energy and feeling and emotion when it comes to sleeping with my husband mm-hmm. or, you know, going out and wearing a swimsuit in front of people. And filling it out. Yeah, or yeah. just like looking at myself naked in the mirror. I was mm-hmm. like, I just feel better. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not a bad thing. When we're happy, uh, when we're happy, people, this is the thing. When we're happy, within that reflects and we treat people better and we do better things in the world when we're happy. Yes. So... Inspire I, happiness, folks. If uh, all of, I mean, if you think about it this way, if all of us women, because I feel like a lot of it tends to come judgment wise mm-hmm. from women, that if we all just kind of like supported each other and was like, yeah, if that makes you feel good, do it. Do it. And if you don't want to do it, that's, that's fine, too. fine. That's fine also. That's totally fine. Yeah. And if you took your boobs out, 
that's great that's for great. you too. And everybody has their own story with that. You know, when, and I do, and I do talk about this because, you know, when you get implants or something foreign going into your body and not everybody responds to something foreign going into their body. And so there's a real thing about, you know, people's immune systems and there's a whole bunch of uh, symptomatic attachments that are negative for some people after they get their implants. And those are the ones that decide to remove them. Great. You know, um, some people are just removing them because they just, they're over it. Um, some people are just now getting them in because they want it. It's like, it's okay. Um, and the whole judgment thing, it's like, everyone just needs to worry about their damn selves, right? Oh. <laughs> like, don't, well, I think don't worry that- about what the next person's doing and yes. do, do what's best for you. Cause I, I have a lot of friends, um, that are contemplating removing. I have friends that are contemplating getting them mm-hmm. clients, you know, same thing. And I have them as well. Mm-hmm. And I've had mine for what? Gosh. Okay. Well, I got them on my 30th birthday. So I've had them for 12 years. And mine are super natural, super small. Um, haven't had any issues, knock on wood. No issues at all. Yeah. Um, which people are, and let's talk about this because this always comes up. People are like, yeah. oh, I thought you're supposed to change them out every 10 years. You know, there's not a true expiration date. Okay. I, you know, it'll be recommended or physicians will say, you know, you may want to be exchanging them out every 10 years. And that comes, sorry, that comes to partly just because, you know, our bodies change too. Um, especially if you had them and you have children, you know, replacing them, sometimes they say that because not just because the, the implant's actually damaged or ruined or anything like that. Right. You just need like a little bit of a lift or maybe an exchange yeah, out, right. which a lot of people just do at the same time while they're doing it. But if you're not having any issues, there's no real true reason to go chasing after, you know, taking them out if, if there is no issues. But right. some people do. They, you know, they personally, want they want to change them out yeah, every 10 years, and that's great. Oh, my gosh. I could not imagine, like, my surgery when I went in, one, I was so nervous. I had had never had surgery before. I'd never put anything unnatural into my mm-hmm. body, so I was freaking the F out about that. And then um, I went down, and they gave me the anesthesia, which I've never had before either. Went to sleep. was the best sleep of my life. Woke up, and I was like... Loopity-loo, my dime. I know. I'm like, what's going on here? It was like so cold. And it was so funny, y'all, because I had an entourage of supporters there. I had like my husband. I had my sweet grandma. And then Gina... Thank God she came to all of my appointments prior to make sure I chose like the right doctor. And I was like, I need someone who's a professional that knows their shit and can like drill into this doctor that I want Mm. small, natural, can't tell type of boobs. So um, Gina came with me and I was so grateful and we picked an amazing doctor and it was awesome. But I will never forget though coming out. I was so confused. And there's Gina coming out and she's like, happy birthday. I was like, what is going on? The confusion on your face that day. (laughs) <laughs> it was the birth of your boobs. I, oh. <laughs> yes, that was the best. The birth of your boobs. But um, but I don't regret it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. days where I'm like, man, maybe I should not have done this. But I think a lot of times that's my mind getting into the ego and me freaking out. Like maybe I shouldn't have had them. Maybe I should have them. But bottom line, like I don't regret it. I love the way that they mm-hmm. look. I feel really good in it. Now, if something were to happen to my body and that caused me to need to take them out, then obviously I would. But again, I think we just keep coming back to the same thing. It's like, 
Y'all, we all, I think all of us or most of us are curious about all of this, Botox and boobs. They, you want those things, but you don't want to put those things in. Or when you do, you want to hide them, which is understandable. I totally get. But I think what it comes down to it is like, if we all give ourselves permission as women Mm -hmm. that y'all, it's okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to have both worlds. Mm -hmm. Like that's the one thing that I really want to get the point across in all of these episodes with green juice and tequila is just be real. Just be real y'all. That's all you got to do y'all. Just be be real. real. You can be green juice and tequila. And do your damn self. That's all you got to do. do. Just do your damn self. That's it. Yes. Cause when it comes down to it, life is too short Mm -hmm. and you want to be happy. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Now, since we're like rolling this down, we're empowering women. We're empowering ourselves to feel confident about themselves. Uh And now we're going to bring our um, episode to an end. One, I'm super grateful that you did this with me. I know, it was fun. It'll be curious to see your first podcast, your future ones, because I feel like we've just been rambling. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm so grateful. This is my first podcast, y'all, and I'm grateful that one of my BFs were there to kind of like break the ice and help my virgin ass in podcasting. But I do want to talk about the tequila or the green juice and tequila. Like where did you come up with that? Yeah. So you. And at first I was like, is it green juice mixed with tequila? No, like I've never heard green of that, juice. But. So green juice represents the topic points of the earth, natural health and wellness that is kind of a reflection of what I put out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about alkalining your system. I talk about doing yoga and meditation and these different things. I kind of correlate that into the umbrella of like earthy green juice, right? Yeah. But then there's this whole real side of people, which I'm now labeling that as tequila. tequila the dirty side. Tequila. <laughs> the dirty party drunk it's side. The, the dirty punk side. It's like the raw, imperfect, real topic points. Mm-hmm. The things that maybe those earthy green gals don't want to really experience, or if they are experienced, <clears throat> they don't want to talk about it. But if I can give people permission to be both, that it's okay to be green juice and tequila, then... I'm just providing a platform for people to be able to share their stories, to hear stories, to encourage vulnerability, and to encourage people to be themselves, to be raw, to be authentic, then yeah, I'm going to put all that stuff out there. We're not here to judge anybody. So that's what green juice and tequila pretty much is. That's perfect. I think that this episode was very tequila, don't you think? It was tequila, yeah. And I am going, I mean, you can tell people what's on the desk over there. Oh, tequila. There is tequila. It's a, I, sipping, a sipping tequila, It is a right? sipping tequila. Which I hear you can lose weight on sipping tequila. Oh, girl. I am doing a whole blog post this really? upcoming week about getting dirty with tequila. <laughs> There's some good... And losing weight. <laughs> it's good stuff, my friends. But um, yeah. Well, I'm so grateful, Mama. Thank you for coming on Well, thank here. you for having me as your first... Oh my gosh, yes. I love you. I love you. So before we close off here, can you share everyone um, your IG handle so people can follow you and your work? It's Gina at Body Tonic. It's very simple. Gina Gina at Body Tonic. tonic. And if you're in the Austin area or if you're not in the Austin area, people fly into Gina. That's how good she is. So if you are even remotely curious about 
going down the road or journey or even wanting to know more details about Botox, feel free to message Gina or make an appointment at Body Tonic. You can always um, make an appointment around consulting and understanding maybe what you need or what you want direction you want to go into. Um, If you're struggling with like TMJ or headaches or if you're wanting to correct some things that you've just been beating yourself up every time you look in the mirror, go see Gina Jones in Austin, Texas. Yes. Yay, guys. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for cluing in. Bye. Bye. Bye.